This liturgy tonight begins with an ancient text, an ancient text from the book of Genesis, which tells of the chosen people of God enslaved in Egypt. And God sends Moses to set his people free and to convince the, ensla the enslaver, Pharaoh, to let the people go. He sends 10 plagues, frogs and locusts, and none of them work. But it is the 10th plague, which he knows will change Pharaoh's heart. The angel of death will fly through and strike the firstborn of every living creature. And so he gives the Jewish people, people of God, very specific instructions. And if we listen to these instructions, they are as a key to unlock for us the celebration of the Lord's Passover, which we gather tonight for this evening. You see, he says, find an unblemished year-old male lamb. One without any blemish is one without any sin. Roast it, and then it is to be consumed as if by people who are in flight, their loins girded. It is to be completely consumed, nothing left over, nothing saved. It is a complete sacrifice. And this, then, the blood will provide, will be placed on the door lintel, and that blood of that sacrificial lamb will replace the blood of the firstborn child. And the angel will fly over and leave that family alone. That blood of that lamb will redeem that child, and no suffering will come. And so the Lord is foreshadowing for us the great, the great freedom that he will bring, no longer just in Saved by Pharaoh, but the release of the slavery from even death itself. And so he sends the truly unblemished lamb to be the sacrifice, whereas you and I should be the one to take the stripes. You and I are the ones who are filled with unkindness, and although we purport to be good, we also think terrible thoughts and talk about people in the parking lot, wish harm on them. And yet, it is the unblemished lamb that comes and whose blood placed no longer on a doorstep, but on the cross raised high above. And it's not just a partial sacrifice. He lies completely immolated in death itself. And we are asked to be as people on a flight, preparing ourselves to go not just to a promised earthly land, but to realize that all of this is in flight to a promised heavenly land. And so it is in this context that Paul, which Paul's explaining very clearly that the Eucharistic food of the Passover meal which Jesus has given us is truly our participation in Jesus' gift of himself to the Father. What we witnessed on the cross and in the resurrection, what is and has been and will be forever the life of God. The, father, the Son giving himself in full spiritual love to the Father, and the Father takes that life itself. And in the resurrection, pours it back into Christ. And we say, ah, love is a mutual self-giving. God is love. God is mutual self-giving within his very self. 
And Christ comes into the world and gathers us all to himself through our baptism. And for us and with us offers himself on the cross, on the altar of the cross. And the Father receives that gift and gives it back to him. And then he says, do this in remembrance of me. Take this bread, take this cup, this sacrificial meal. is not because we are winning our salvation, but rather through our baptism participate in Christ's gift of himself to the Father. And so it is that the gift is itself Christ. Jesus didn't say, take this, this is going to remind you of my body. This is going to call to mind my blood. No, this is my blood. This is my body, truly offered. Not some symbol to recall to mind something, but the truest reality of all. He becomes food for us, not just so that we can consume him in the participation of the sacrifice, but most importantly, we can be consumed by him in utter love and carried up and given to the Father. What an amazing reality that we celebrate each and every time we come into this church. To be carried timeless, out of time and space as a gift to the Father and then to be fed back all that divine life at each and every Mass. As St. Pio said, if we could just glimpse for a second, we would dodge bullets, we'd run through traffic, we would do whatever we could to never miss Mass. And so it is, what a powerful gift. But then the Lord says, take this and then do this in remembrance of me. It's not enough that we show up and we say, ah, oh, I received Jesus, I participated in his gift to the Father and I've got Jesus in me. Perfect, see y'all later. No, do this in remembrance of me means that you and I must therefore go and be food for the world. Be consumed in generosity and kindness. Return again, again, and again to the altar. And if we have anything against our brother, to stop and be purified so that we can return again. To be fed so that we can feed. When Jesus washes the feet of the twelve apostles, it is a shocking act. It was as uncomfortable for them as it will be for the twelve people that get up here. because it was not even a duty expected of the lowest slave. It wasn't even something you'd ask your worst slave to do. And so when our Lord goes and performs this distinct act of humiliation and says to his very first priests, says to his church, those who are going to lead the church, says to him, now you go wash other people's feet. It is a challenge to each one of us to realize that there's not just a dignity to our baptism, but there's a duty, a responsibility. Something that means we too are not just consumers, but allow ourselves to be consumed. He's given us, he says, take, eat in my blood, but do this in remembrance of me. And so it is that we stand in the great and magnificent, unbelievable privilege of our baptism. 
and the, e the summit of our lives to be received Jesus and to be carried to the Father and then to face ourselves truly and honestly to recognize it's not just a dignity but a duty. Praise Jesus Christ.